With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us, as always. We do two podcasts a week. Have you realized this, Paul? It's a lot of podcasting. <laughs> you and I talk a lot. We do. We were just talking a lot about all kinds of business before uh, before we launched the podcast. And I just decided yep. to push record because at some point we need to start. We so do have to start at some I point, will yes. trim everything. I'll edit everything out. It's no problem. What's well, actually but, really uh, cool. Yeah, it gets uh, snarky and funny and... It's a little, little saucy in here. It does. It just, just a little bit. A little bit inappropriate at times. But moving <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, we actually have a patron call right after we record this podcast. I mean, there's a lot going on this week. It. We're trying to get a lot of things happened. Hey, by the way, did you notice yesterday, because it's mm. Friday today, yesterday, Thursday, we dropped that little 959 uh, <clears throat> GT2 RS Porsche piece. Have you seen yeah. it yet? Yeah. That is a YouTube-only piece. Somebody asked when I dropped the trailer, where is this going to be and how much is it going to cost? I was like, it's going to be on YouTube and it's going to have an ad in front of it. Well, I thought they meant, so, you mean how much the car? Cars cost different, different because the nine five nine is pretty expensive, but the GT two RS is not cheap. Exactly, so it exactly represents right, yeah. the most money we've ever had on screen. One, one shoot at ever. one time, You're right? Absolutely. And it was only yeah. taken up in two cars. And I know there's more expensive cars on the planet, but I think it's a milestone for us, and I'm pretty I, darn proud of what we did. I agree. I think this that is pretty the Corvette cool. shoot, maybe even the nine eleven shoot, a Corvette shoot, I think may have had more total money involved, but divided up into far but more cars. M- oh, exactly, exactly yeah. right. This is up there, and it was two cars because when one of them that you bring is already over seven figures, it adds up quick. I'm just saying. Well, you know. what what they did, the kind owner of the 959 added us to his corporate insurance policy yes. for the exact day that we were driving, yes. so just to add coverage. So they were very serious. They needed our driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. They wanted mm-hmm. to add us to the policy. It was a thing, yeah. And that's the reason we got to drive them. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it was they, very cool. of course, trusted us. So thanks to Lux Auto Spa and yeah. uh, Lux Auto to, Sales. to Max and also to, to Yen for Yen's. bringing those two yep. cars and allowing us to do that. If you haven't seen it yet or if you're listening to this years from now, there is a piece on YouTube that is about the <laughs> 959 versus the GT2 RS because we felt like those two Porsche Pinnacles were great things to put together. It's a fun piece we're proud of. It also, and, and here's a question that's been asked, why on earth is this going to YouTube? Because I don't think that I can, with a straight face, <laughs> make a TV episode for our Everyday Driver show that is focused on cars less than $60,000 and drop that on cable and say, by the way, left turn, here's $2 million worth of automobiles we're going to drive around for the day yeah, here on yeah. Everyday Driver. So we didn't do that. I'd get a lot of flack from my family. You would. You I'd, would. I'd so we, we of, didn't do that. So we thought, But at people. the same time, that was the perfect kind of piece to put on YouTube. So we hope you've seen it and enjoyed it. And if you have enjoyed it and you know anybody that would like to see those cars driven around quite quickly, uh, we'd love for you to pass it on, too. I I think what's the most fun about it is it's both cars are driven through the filters of what we usually drive cars for and the things sure, we look yeah, for. So yeah, it's yeah. not just, oh my gosh, I'm driving in this heavenly expensive. Yeah, th-. true. No, it's true. what if you own this and mm-hmm. live with it? And mm-hmm. that was my whole headspace is what if you lived with this yeah. and had it in your garage and you walked out and you think, okay, all the things you think about, all right, tires and gas and insurance and oil changes and okay, all the things that I, you know, mm-hmm. the, this beast requires, but you know what? I'm going driving anyway. I'm going to enjoy it. But here's what I look for out of the drive. And it doesn't matter. So here's what this feeling of money feels like. It's crazy. Despite how expensive it was. It's the same filters we drive cars through. Yeah, yeah. And, well, we don't drive cars through the filters. But you know what I mean. Yes, we're following anyway. Yes. Anyway, so it was the same kind of metrics that we Mm -hmm. drive cars about, which I really liked, really enjoyed. But then you step away and I keep going, I can't believe we drove these two cars. Yes. Well, here's the funny thing. We actually were at Lux after the fact. 
and they have that 959 there on their sales floor, <laughs> kind of like behind the velvet rope. And so it's yeah, funny to see exactly. that car and think, I've driven that quite quickly. You're just there it is, sitting there. Crashing you know, it. nobody's allowed to get near it, and I've driven it hard, which is honestly one, it, one, this is one of those things, and then I will leave this topic. This is one of those moments that I, I look at you when we both realize, wait a minute, we're getting to do something right now that would have never ever happened in life if not for this show which is really cool when those opportunities arise and we kind of step back and realize that that's really cool and one of the reasons that we get to do stuff like that is because you guys hang out with us you listen thank you for being here on the podcast if you haven't rated or reviewed it we would appreciate it also i would still appreciate your rating on season five on amazon we Mm, haven't quite gotten enough ratings on there you guys are rating it thank you but we haven't gotten enough yet for it to populate Yes, I check these things for it to populate the rating because <laughs> that's what the, I want. I want be, people to look it up to see a rating connected to it of some kind. Right, right. So if you guys have thought about rating season five or you've seen it yet on Amazon, we would love your rating on there. That is genuinely very helpful for their algorithms and the you should watch this next. Yeah, for Which sure. we can't control, but you guys can influence. So we appreciate that. For sure. And just a reminder that all this is possible thanks to our families, our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, you're right. At Covercraft and Grails Garage. You can mm-hmm. use the code every day for 10% off whatever you order. And then somebody said, it canceled out the show. Shipping too, so it yeah. even save more money. So yeah, cool. anyway, I, I look at these companies, like I said, as as our family. We're part yeah. of these guys, and they're kind of part of us too. And so we just we love having them mm-hmm. along as high as sponsors, and they are definitely who helped bring all this to life for yeah. sure. So yeah, yeah. thank Big you time. to both of those. As Todd mentioned, we do have a Patreon call, and that is a board member call. That's a video link on Zoom, mm-hmm. and that's what we do for our top-level board members yeah. right after this podcast. And so that is the top tier of donations. So we, we call them our board members, and we run ideas past them. Yeah, and we, it's always very you know, cool. bounce ideas off them. So if it, it you know, you're able to contribute to the show, all that goes right back to production, mm-hmm. which is in the categories of a big shoot that's not for TV like this one it, it for YouTube. Help. You're right, you're right. I mean, you went through, you know, music selection and audio mixing and it was color a TV, correction. It was and a TV-style edit, just not for TV. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. In that yeah, yeah. way. So that's what we're doing. But if you also look on Patreon, you can join the Discord, which At is sort level. of like any the online of Slack yeah. for discussion mm-hmm. where the podcast rolls on, the, the debate rages on, and <laughs> yes, all kinds does. of subjects are brought on. So I've been yes, it does. trying to be more diligent jumping on there this week and uh, having some fun conversations mm-hmm. on there. So thank you guys, all yeah, you guys really listening cool. who are on, on Discord with me. And a lot of fun. And then also on the website, you can also find the link to the GoFundMe, which uh, at the very top of everydaydriver.com, you can mm-hmm. find our big sedan challenge that we're still pushing on that, still yep. pushing on content. You can read all about that, ultimately mm-hmm. raffling the cars off at the end mm-hmm. if it works. It yep. may not work. And we're getting we're, good feedback from you guys. It's an open hand. Good support. I mean, we are going to have that kind of available up until probably about Halloween, and then we'll make the decision on do we have enough money and enough interest to actually go forward on this. And we are. The open hand is a good description. We are trying to just go, okay, this is fun and funny, and you guys have said you want to support it, so how far are we going to go with it? Uh, so that's where we're at, and it's pretty interesting. I would love to have a couple of big sedans and drive them around and compare them to new stuff. There's a lot of plans for it. Here's the thing. (laughs) We're planning without scheduling. I don't know the way to put it. We're going, okay, if, then kind Mm -hmm. of conversations, but Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Two good car debates coming up today. We've got a Delphin writing to us from Tasmania. This is our first Tasmania car debate. If, if you're curious, just type in Tasmania and look at the tiny little island off the southeastern coast of Australia I that is so kind much. of between Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little island. He's from there. He's riding there, which is really, really cool. And then uh, coming back to the States big time, we've got Ben writing to us from uh, commuting in Houston, Texas, and he has big questions about a big hauler. Yes, in a van down by the river. 
Well, no, not that. Not that. <laughs> Delphin, uh, he writes to us from Tasmania, and I had such a fun time learning all about Tasmania. Google Earth is your friend. You can yes, drop the little guy onto mm-hmm. the roads, and you can find – he actually wrote to us the shop where he's getting one of his cars worked on. It's crazy. And I dropped the pin right on the shop. Did. Of course you did. Like, this is, this is what's cow. possible. Bayview Tired Auto in it's, Tasmania. It's the, there it is. But it's all those cul-de-sacs we talk about on the internet that you have no reason to go down. And then we do yeah. suddenly because we get an email from Tasmania. We're like, I'm going to walk down the streets of Tasmania, <laughs> which I've never said <laughs> until right now and would have never thought of. But yet we can do it because of technology. And we can do it because you guys write to us from those kind of things. It's awesome. It really is. Absolutely. Well, Delphin discussed Everyday Driver a couple months ago and said he's been binging the content. Thank you so much. He said he's watched most of the TV series, all the movies, except for American Original. Thank you so much. I'm glad we can reach you down there and feed the disease, even there. Yeah. And he said he's currently 31. He's a general practitioner, family physician, and skin cancer doctor. He's married, and he and his wife are looking to possibly have a child in the coming two to three years. And they're settled on only having one child, so they don't need a lot of passenger seats. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said his wife is wonderfully in- wonderful and supportive. But isn't a car lover herself? She's tolerating you is what you're basically saying in a nice way. You see the the arms Mm -hmm. folded, tapping your foot. And I know she's listening Mm -hmm. at this point. We know spouses jump on and listen when people discover that we're debating your car or your story. Of course it's shared. So thank you for sharing those. Hello, Delphine's wife. How are you? (laughs) Welcome to the debate. Yes. uh, Well, she drives a Toyota Corolla that Delphine says will never stop running. Has five seats, so it's a good family car. Well, he's loved cars since childhood, was foolish enough to start his driving career in a Japanese sports car. Uh Uh-oh. He's learned some valuable lessons about cars and life, he says. Yeah, I would Aww. say probably so. 16-year-old fun car, that that really kind of only ends one way. Actually, there was a stat for a while, side note, in Los Angeles, mm. where if a 16-year-old driver in Los Angeles had a 50-50 shot of an accident in their first year. You're kidding me. 50-50. What? Now, I don't know if that stat is still true. This was probably 10, 15 years ago when I, I knew somebody that was a very cautious parent that had just gotten their teen driving, and they did the research, and it was a 50-50 shot. I, my mouth is hanging open yeah, over here. Anyway, yeah. All right. So the disease has bitten hard, Delphin says. He bought his first Euro Coupe, BMW 125i, upgraded to an Audi RS5. Mm-hmm. Lovely. He's done a lot of driving. He's done the Audi driving experience. He's done some track days in the RS5. He's had the chance to drive some other cool cars, including Mustang GT, Jaguar XKR, a Vantage, and a Gallardo. Very cool. I love it. He says, Tasmania is a wonderful part of the world. To be honest, I, I didn't know. I, I'm Why, not looking yeah. up Tasmania. It, it literally is the other side of the world. It really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says they have a very mild climate compared to the remainder of Australia. The state has a fairly low population. And he said the landscape is filled with great coastline, native forest, mountains, and driving roads galore. Cool. That's fantastic. News. I love it. And the best part is the Targa Tasmania Rally, which brings exotics <laughs> to their mountain passes. The website for that is targa.com.au. And he said drivers from around Australia and the world bring their cars from old Datsuns, WRXs, GT3s, and Ferraris. So he's lucky enough to have six of the Target Tasmania routes within an hour of his house. So he goes and you know does some spirited driving on the weekends. He says Oyster Cove is a good place and Tinderbox. Hmm. 
So he's got this car history, which is not extensive, but does include a couple of <clears throat> Japanese cars, including a 95 Mitsubishi FTO, yeah, 200 horsepower, cool. little fun Japanese sports car, Those front-wheel drive, cool. yeah. V6, prone to understeer. <clears throat> he says, I had two fairly decent crashes, both understeer-related. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> Pavement and a tree met my front end, he says. He had a 2005 Mitsubishi 380, which I believe was the Gallant here in the States. I think that was... Uh, uh, that's the equivalent of the Gallant, the, well, was the revised Gallant at that year. So not the greatest looking, but he says reliable, heavy, front-wheel drive. He still has this car after 10 years of ownership, uses it at his rubbish tip, sports training, and trailer pulling beater. <laughs> All of the stuff that might not get cleaned out later goes in that car. That's really what happens, yes. <laughs> then he had an 09 BMW 125M Sports, the coupe. He says, my first adult sports car. He's owned this car for 18 months and loved it. And, of course, the handling. He says, mm -hmm. love that. But after completing an Audi RS drive trade, driving, well, everything that's All the sports RS car models, is, the much more The much yeah, hotter lineup. Yeah. lineup in the Audi lineup. Yeah, yeah. He sold it, and he bought the Audi RS5, mm -hmm. which he picked up secondhand for a steal, about 29000 U.S., about 43000 Australian cool. dollars. RS5 for that is good. Those are hot. Yeah, uh, they're very cool. I always like yeah. the wavy rotors. I yeah. always were curious the about the wavy, wavy rotors rotor, on those yeah. RS models from that era. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah. dug that. All right. So he likes that car. And then he just recently bought an 04 WRX STI for six and a half thousand US dollars, 10 mm -hmm. K mm -hmm. Australian dollars. He says the previous owner had not looked after it, needs an engine rebuild, and so he's got this local mechanic who's a rally driver, <laughs> likes to support local motorsports folks. So Troy Johnston at Bayview Tire and Auto and in this Tasmania. Is where, this is where you were using the satellite photo to kind of practically digitally yeah. walk in the door and say hi. Yeah, you can I love drop it. your really pin right funny. on there, and indeed they have a great view of the bay. It's really That's awesome. good looking. That's awesome. But he's bought this car essentially because he would like to see, can I enter the Targa? Can I actually use this <laughs> can I, in the Targa? Can I can I make this my road rally car? Because it clearly isn't isn't uh, expensive. He's going to get it running. It, there's nothing precious about it. He bought it purposely to be, if you will. I, I don't mean this to sound weird, but it's like the doesn't matter beater borderline race car. Yeah, that's kind of so exactly what it is. So he's just yeah. going to use it for that. So this is where the question comes in because, okay, he's got this STI. He has this RS5, which he likes, but he's wondering, is it time for a new experience? How do we shuffle the garage here? Because he mm -hmm. thinks uh, over the next couple of years he's going to be able to make a change, but he's debating you know, how soon and what change is essentially what we're dealing with because now he's got essentially two very different toys. The RS5 is the fun, nice commuter, but of course, let's be honest, it's still big, heavy, all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. He yeah. misses a little bit of the rear-wheel drive feel of that BMW, yeah. but then it clearly the, the 04 STI is a no-money project that can just – Get balled up. Let's hope it doesn't happen, but can get balled up. That's Its point is to just get beat on and driven hard in a road rally. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. very different tools here. Well, Delphine says over the coming three three to five years, he can budget twenty to 50000 Australia dollars, 13500 to $34,000 U.S. dollars wow, on a car upgrade or car-related activities. And he doesn't like depreciation, so he gets stuff that is low miles, good condition, between mm -hmm. two and eight years old. And he says he's got this mechanic... Excellent, affordable. He's not opposed to doing some. <laughs> you practically some work. shook his hand through Google today. It's it pretty was funny. awesome. Yeah. I could cruise around. There's beautiful, beautiful countryside there. I, we really need to go down there. We need to. Yeah, we do. Figure something out. That would be a long travel, but I think worth it. So, Delphin gives us three options, and he's really put a lot of thought into this. I can see that, yeah, and because definitely. your definitely. debate yep. is between three and five years out. 
Audience, I feel like in the next two to three years alone, we have some great cars coming at us. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, based sure. on what we've seen, rumors, new models, based mm-hmm. on new stuff that's available now. The C8 Corvette used, is a great yeah. example of, holy moly, they dropped a mid-engine Corvette yeah, on us. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. You know, the new Supra and all these cars, the first electric Porsche, the Taycan, all mm-hmm. these cool yeah, cars yeah, yeah. coming out. I feel like, you know, with Volkswagen doing their thing, BMW promising a lot of new electric cars, mm-hmm. I think... The uh, the enthusiast car kingdom is not lost with mm-hmm. where we're going, but this is an exciting time. So with these options, yes, I understand appreciation. I'm not saying new, but ultimately reading all these options, which we're going to get into here, is experiential. Yeah, I keep agreed, seeing experience agreed. in here totally, because yeah. of all these cars coming out and the cars that you've listed, Delphine, like an M2 or a 997 or a you know Cayman S, 981 Cayman yeah, S yeah. or Mustang GT. He's listed a lot of the usual suspects. He has, for sure. Those will be even cheaper in two yeah. to three years from this of podcast. They will. Yeah, for sure. But there will be so many more new, tasty, tempting yeah. choices that are coming out. Yeah, what now, would be possible then, yeah. I'm not saying we should all hold back because, well, at what point do you pull the trigger and buy? Because as yeah. soon as you buy the new iPhone, the next one drops. And you yes. go, gah! You, you have to just keep moving. And I don't, I, here's the thing. Delphine's saying, I'm going to do this in a little bit. I don't think he's waiting very long. I don't get the sense that he's really going to wait that long. Yeah, I think I, he's I can see that. looking at his budgeting over the next few years. But I think this car purchase might be sooner rather than later. By the way, I have to take one off the list real quick. You listed that you're six foot five inches, and you're wondering if you could fit in a Lotus Exige. Mm. I seriously doubt it. That's going to be tough. I seriously doubt it. If you have a longer torso than I do, then the answer is no. If you are a person with a short torso and long legs, you don't mind your legs kind of uh, what cricketing beside the steering wheel, for lack of a better way to put it, you might be okay. But uh, yeah, my head almost touches the roof almost all the time. I'm like a quarter inch off. When I wear a helmet, I have to crouch. Yeah. In my car. Yeah. So if you're 6'5", I'm only 6'3", but I have a long torso. I think the Exige is out, but there's a lot of good options here. The first option of the three he gives is keep the WRX, sell the RS5, get something new and fun, and hopefully rear-wheel drive. Again, I think the Exige is too small for you. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. option is keep both keep both the RX, RS5 and the WRX, and, uh, and obviously the STI becomes a, t- a tarmac rally car. And then he tries to buy something really cheap as a dedicated tracker. Is there a track on Tasmania? I like think a track the whole track? state is a track. Yeah, I got, start to get that impression. Maybe. Of course, at this point, we're talking about things like a cheap used uh, 86 or maybe go back to another BMW 1 Series, S2000, MX-5. A cheap track-only car that is not the rally-bred car. Or option three, keep the two cars he has and spend the money. I love this twist. Spend yeah. the money on doing things, having car experiences. He says he realizes this is a very I'm crying into my glass of wine sort of debate. But it's really interesting. But it is. And I I keep coming to the things that you've listed here and under option three as experiential. He says his wife wants him to stop buying more cars. He says the option of experience will probably make her the happiest, but she'll still support him even if he makes another bad car decision. <laughs> so using this right in mind, there. you know what? With the cars he's listed, there must be some severe depreciation on High-performance yeah, yeah. luxury cars like these, you know, the Porsches, the Mustang I, GT. The I'm sure there's a huge upcharge to get them there, and then I bet they drop off cliffs. I mean, that's yeah, pretty astounding, to be mm-hmm. honest. So he says, first of all, compete in Targa Tasmania one, two, or more times. Love it. Increase his number of track days per year. Also good. 
complete a pilgrimage trip. Yes, you need to come on the pilgrimage trip with us. Yes. We we plan to do this every year in you know, 2021, yeah, 2022. Said, Are you going in 21, 22? Sure. I sure hope so. That would be the plan for sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll say yes. So yes, please come on a trip with us. And he's also mentioning a holiday in the USA, renting muscle cars and sports cars. Of course, you can do the, you know, the California loop up through Vegas, do the Grand Canyon Southwest kind of yeah, loop. Yeah. You can do the, you know, the Midwest track loops. You can do the East Coast thing. There's tons of stuff. I mean, you could spend a month in the U.S. and not even begin to scratch all the stuff. Most of the people that live in the U.S. have not bar- <laughs> exactly. barely scratched the stuff for sure. Yeah. So this this is the debate of live with and enjoy the cars that he's got, that mm-hmm. STI that he's mm-hmm. getting in the engine rebuild. And also the RS5, and then start doing more experiential stuff. So I, I like that so much because mm-hmm. I don't want to settle on a car. For you, Delphine, I, I don't want you to settle on a car and be like, well, it's tattooed in your arm, and this is it, and for all time, and you know, the grill marks on the stake, that is the car, you know, here we go. <laughs> grill marks on the stake. You know I, I mean? like, like that. That's funny. <laughs> this is very it funny. for all time because then you'll write us back in, I don't know, six months and be like, um, guys, hi, it's, yeah, it's me. Exactly. I'm, um, a, I'm a car freak and I want something different. Yeah. That's great that's suggestion that and yeah. all. And I took it and my wife is unhappy. And so blah, you mm-hmm. know, whatever else the situation is, I don't want that to happen. So I don't want you to land in, you know, like, Oh, you got to get a 911 or, Oh yes, go get that M2. I'm almost up for because of the roads you've got. And because of the experiences that you've got, clearly Audi comes and mm-hmm. gives you the experience. Yeah. Do other yeah, car yeah. companies come and do the same thing and let you drive the the M lineup or the AMG lineup or yeah. you know, do other car companies do this kind of thing? It sounds like you've got a lot of car experiences that are easily accessible. Unlike most of us who have to travel to mm. a coast mm. or we've got to go to the, you know, Mid-Ohio track day or we've got to go to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got all these experiences that are close to you that I I like. But then you have a great point, Todd, and that is I think he wants something right now to scratch the itch. I think that's that's part or of the problem. Yeah. Feed the itch, right? Feed the itch is what we try to do here. By the way, there are two, count them, two racetracks on Tasmania. I just looked it up. Are there really? There are two racetracks. This Neither is one is very large, but it's Google hysterical Earth. to me that uh, there are two racetracks. I'm looking at Baskerville right now. I don't know where you went, but I'm listing that one right now. <laughs> so anyway, there are two racetracks. Uh, the, the thing I want to take away here, this is going to sound weird because it's not a direct connection, but I, but I want to step to the side for a second. When I was growing up, like late high school, early college, I remember I took a family trip to Hawaii. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to Hawaii and you do all the touristy things. Sure, you sure. do all, you have to be on the boat and go out and see the, the Nepali coast off Kauai. Of and you have to do this and do, yeah, you have to do the, the typical stuff. Yeah, Arizona and all that stuff. Yeah. So while you're there, eventually, of course, you're meeting people that are native Hawaiians. Yeah. Who have lived there their whole life and work in the tourist industry and they're all very nice. And, but you get into conversation with very, very, uh, a lot of them. I remember being on, I think it was a snorkeling thing, and I was talking to one of the guys that worked on the boat. Okay. He'd never been anywhere else but the Hawaiian Islands in his lifetime. Really? He how, grew up. About how old was he? He was in his 40s. He was, I mean, he was a grown man working the boat. Okay. 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 All right. Now, look, I don't think this guy is alone in that, but the thing I thought about that is, okay, he clearly look. He loves his life. He's got a good job. He, I mean, he was married. He had kids. He was a, he was a full guy with a with a full life. He didn't express right. any concern about the fact he hadn't been anywhere but Hawaii. But or I was like lament. Of- no, it wasn't like oh woe is me. He was just like yeah, never been anywhere else. And I thought, huh. you know, the world is huge, right? And you know, this mm-hmm. island is is gorgeous, 
but not really very big. So <laughs> the thing the thing I love about this is actually you do have racetracks, you have a rally that comes to you, you have a lot of car experience on the island of Tasmania, which is great, Delphin. But I really think the experience thing here is where this money should go. Because yeah. there's a lot of world out there that can be car experience world and there are places you can go that your wife would probably be intrigued by as well. That's the other thing. That, he's going to score a point thinking, or yes, two for sure. with his wife if he look, does the experience thing. I mean, right? I think, look, there, there is a, there's a middle option here, which is possibly you get rid of your RS5 and you, you get something that's one of your rear-wheel drive options. You, you swap car for car. You could do that sure, okay, sure. at some point. But I don't even want to pursue that. If, if you're wanting rear-wheel drive back, there's really no replacement for it, I think, you may as well because, look, I understand car collections. I'm trying to not have one, and yet I want one at the same time. <laughs> I think there is the swap the RS5 for the commute day car that happens to be rear-wheel drive. I think that's the better choice there. But whether that happens or not, get off the island of Tasmania and go places where you can have a car experience and you and your wife can have a vacation experience. And that can be the U.S., and that can be Japan, and it can be Europe. And I don't know where all, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of car experiences that you will cherish if you get off the island and you go somewhere else and the money goes to that. And I think it will potentially – If here's the other thing. If you can do that road rally there at home – that's huge. That's an amazing life experience. Oh, yeah. But a lot of the other big life experience, pilgrimage trip, that you're going to have want to do, you're going to have to get off the island to do them. So I think this is money spent. We haven't done this in a while, but I think this is money spent toward adventures and experiences and not a car. You know, it's interesting you touch on that because you and I have discussed experiences for the show rather than mm-hmm. – not, sure, not that we sure. don't yeah, want to yeah. you know, compete in Miata – club racing, you know, for a season or something like that, or you have a dedicated car that that's not really the point, but there's so many driving experiences out there that we want to experience and share with you, our audience. Yeah, for sure. That's for kind sure. of our headspace from a show perspective. Yeah. Of yeah, course yeah. it, you know, makes a variety of content and that kind of thing. I had a similar story in uh, my early career working as a furniture designer mm-hmm. early on. And um, the, principal of the design studio it was a four person design studio. The principal is names on the door. And so his yeah, entire yeah. business was, uh, you know, extended long-term income. So do a design of a chair and, and really there's very few products on the planet that you can design and make royalties for years and years. Mm, so mm. you're probably familiar with the Casablanca fan company early in his career. The owner couldn't pay him what he was worth for his designs. Mm. And so he said, you know what? I'll offer you a royalty if you design me, this ceiling fan. And so he said, all right, all right, fine. I'm, mm, you know, mm. struggling along here, but all right, fine. It's hard to see that way out there. Yeah. And so sure. yeah. he still made something like 150 grand a year for 21 years, at least straight. Wow. Just off one design because wow. once people buy the fan, well, then they need to buy replacement parts. Mm-hmm. And it was still a good looking enough design that it's in Home Depot everywhere. It's, it's still sold. Mm. He's still making money. And I just went, oh my gosh. All right. So there's a business you know, plan. Yeah. Quite, I learned quite a lot from him, but one of the things that stuck out was when he looked me in the eye and said, as a designer, you need to get more experience. You need to go experience cultures. You need to go mm. experience how people use not just office furniture, but outdoor furniture and you know products and goods. And sure. You need to yeah, go yeah. travel the world and go learn how people use goods mm. as mm. a product designer. And you also need to go to the factories where they make them. And, you know, is it, are we designing an aluminum chair where you mm. torture metal into the shape mm. of the thing you're designing? Or is it the teak factories in the Philippines or Indonesia or wherever that is? 
the right material and where you know where the factory makes that thing. And so I want you to go travel and get good, and that will influence your experience as a designer. Hmm. And I relate that to all of us as car people to go get these experiences like we're talking about That's and good. like we want to share with you I this like German pilgrimage trip, German Belgium. Yeah. And, you know, just to share these experiences because it matters not if you shave tents off your lap time. Yeah. That's Do not, we want to get there? Sure. Sure. But that's not important for the value of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Delphine, you have, I think, more opportunity and availability to go do this, I think, than most. Because mm-hmm. a lot of our debates center around a specific need for a specific area. And yeah, yeah, yeah. guys, I need a car. I've got to have this car. And it, this is what it has to do. You haven't named that necessarily. You've nope. kind of got that covered. You haven't said, well, ah, I've got all these things and I just I need a car for this. You're kind of open. Mm-hmm. And so very different than recommending a car, I do want to add to these experiences for you because then once you go do these experiences, you're going to drive different cars and you come away thinking, I will never drive a Mustang again or a Camaro mm-hmm. or whatever. Or yeah. I had no idea blah was so good. Name a car. Sure. Well, but I also think, I mean, you and I have tried in our, in our seasons of television. We're up to season five. We're shooting season six. It's crazy. We have tried <laughs> to put an adventure episode in every single season, and that is us doing something that is not about the car we're driving. It's about the experience we're having with that car. We did uh, Laguna Seca Racetrack and also Pacific Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. We did the, the Jeep in Moab with my son making ridiculous comments in the backseat <laughs> and waving at the camera. Uh, we did, you know, we've done the Lemons thing. That falls into this adventure thing. This season, we did Speed Vegas. Yeah. Because the other the offshoot of the everyday driver brand besides just being cars that we want you to love what you drive and you can afford it and it works for your life it's just people spend money on golf trips uh photography trips i want to go on a cruise you can do that with a car-centered perspective, and you can get life experiences you can't imagine because you spent a little bit of money to get access to a Speed Vegas or a whatever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, this, I think you're firmly in that camp, Delphin. I, I'm excited for you. Very much so. Well, yeah, I think you've touched on it, and that is both of us are leaning less of sell this or buy that and more – yeah, go on these experiences, but more importantly, you know, before you have a family, take your wife, go do these things. And, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that travel is inexpensive. It's not. No. It can be wildly expensive depending on, you know, what sort of level of luxury do you want? Do you want to sleep on the floor of a train station on concrete or mm-hmm. do you want to, <laughs> you know, stay in a four or five star luxury hotel? And you're coming from Tas- Tasmania, which is you? kind of near nothing. So there's that. As so well. there, yeah. you know, planes are going to be involved for sure. But I think what we're recommending before you settle on something, because you do have two great cars now. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. That Subaru is going to be built into a monster because I know you're going to throw money at it. And yeah. it's going to, you know, it's going to place, right? Your friend, the mechanic <laughs> is working on it for you. Uh huh. Podium pl- placement, one, two or three. What are, what are we thinking? And your, there's class? the next 10 years of his life. It's just honey. One more year. No, no, no. Next year will oh, be the, no, <laughs> I'm sorry to your wife now, if that's what happens anyway. Yeah. If you decide to get a car, we're all for it. Of course. Yeah. Let us know what you buy, by the way. But if, you know, these experiences will help, you know, influence and color your driving experience, mm-hmm. I think that's where you and I, Agreed. our headspace are. And what you were talking about with the experiences that we do for TV seasons, yeah. they're also accessible. We don't want them to be, we went and did this thing that yeah. none of the rest of you can ever yeah. possibly yeah, yeah. afford or do. Yeah. It's more about, hey, we did this thing. 
you should come try it too. Yes, yes absolutely. Abs- they're all within that range of the expense of a typical vacation. We're not going to do the kind of, we got flown and put on a yacht and then it, no, come on. I'm on I want, my G650, I wanna, baby. I want to do that. I want to fly on somebody's G6 to their Wally yacht to Monaco to drive the whatever. Sure. But that's not really an everyday driver adventure now, is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll, per- I'll happily take that itinerary if somebody's off sure. and has extra seats. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll shoot it and we'll tell you how it was <laughs> because of that whole thing that grinds my teeth. You know, that we'll find out. You know, every yes. automotive journalist says, well, we're here to find out. Grr, of course you are. Why am I watching to <laughs> that's find why out? You collected a bunch of cars we're for the finding go out find part. Out. Yeah, that's what. Stop finding out. Just drive. Anyway, Delphine. Thank you for your email. Please keep us posted on what happens and uh, really appreciate you being along for the ride. If you've got your own Topic Tuesday or debate similar yeah, or yeah. not, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line, but send in your story as well because I think part of the uh, the experience and story surrounding what car is uh, you know that you're choosing because then when we do car conclusions, we can say, hey, remember that totally. photographer it's slash story fun. Yeah. underwater basket welding, you know, whatever. Underwater basket welding. I love that. It's, I make it's, underwater <laughs> tripods for my underwater camera gear. Exactly. I need a car that carries all of that stuff and could get covered in ocean water. I'm building a fun car debate right it now. It's underwater fantastic. welding combined with basket weaving. I'm with it's you. all the same. Yeah, yeah it's I, perfect. Yeah, you know what it's I gonna mean. be fine. Tell us your story. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. You can find out more info about the adventures, uh, stuff that we plan to. Love to have you along for the ride. We're all looking for great driving roads, and we've even tried to share and list some of them along the way. But now there's an app that can help anyone worldwide mark, share, and find the best roads everywhere. Driveline is the world's first social driving app. It allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road, and you can mark great pit stops, record and attach video, and you can create pins with photos to share. It's the first sharing and social driving app. You can follow people that drive interesting roads, see what they're driving. You can search an area you've never driven before. And if you find a route you like, you just hit drive it and get guided to the beginning of your new favorite road. You can even earn points and patches for your activities on the app, which build towards actual car giveaways. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members and your posting and drives earn you points to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the combination of community and great drives. You can get in early right now and shape the app and the community. So download Driveline to your phone today. Start sharing your favorite roads, meeting other drivers, and finding a new route for your next adventure. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. 
See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. AutoTempest.com has got you covered there all at once. AutoTempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at AutoTempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, AutoTempest.com is your place to start. We have some listener whiplash for you real quick, because instead of being in Tasmania, <laughs> we're going to Houston, Texas, and instead of buying fun cars and fun experiences, we are buying, we're redefining the family hauler. Yeah, we are. You, you with your Suburbans, your Suburbans and your Yukon XLs, do not apply because it's not big enough for Ben. Unbelievable. Well, Ben writes us from Houston. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Ben. Yeah, really appreciate sure. it. We're happy to be along the ride with you. They're currently searching, he and his family are currently searching to upgrade their 2013 Sienna to something bigger. And as Tad said, full-size SUVs aren't going to cut it. They need more than eight to nine seats. <clears throat> yeah, let, let's break this down. They are currently wow. expecting child number four. <laughs> they wow. have had them in enough fast succession that all four will be in car seats boosters at the same time. And I'm guessing some of those probably have the fold-down trays and the missiles. So they're big. Wow. And his 16-year-old sister just moved in with he and his wife. So for those of you keeping track at home, <laughs> that is two adults, four kids in car seats, and a teenager. Wow. Well, the good news is they do long cross-country trips together. <laughs> that's news, the everyone. good news? <laughs> they do. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's the good news? <laughs> Here we go. Exactly. Houston to Minnesota, stops in Chicago and Wisconsin to visit family around. You know, wow. Trips around Texas, Austin, Dallas, Hill Country. They also get family members very often, so it's good to have the extra seats when parents and siblings who come in about every month, and so they, wow. you know, they have some sort of family visitor. So they're looking at vans. Yeah, we they never are. Debated vans. They're looking at vans ever. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah. The. Wow. All right. So they're leaning towards currently the Mercedes Sprinter. Mm -hmm. That might have popped into your head too. Yeah. 12-passenger, four- or six-cylinder diesel, 144 inches with the high roof. And he says this makes it easier to get the kids in because, you know, being able to stand up in a van is amazing. He and his wife are both six feet tall. <laughs> the idea of hunching over to get the kids in the seats is not going to be good for the long, long term for their backs. This is the entire reason why the Model X has Falcon Wing doors. Did I tell you I saw that the other day at the grocery store? I saw a couple mm -hmm. actually putting a child in from above Dropping did they, them did they down. stand up in the falcon wing door and drop the kid in? They dropped the kid in. The falcon wing doors were up. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, there it is. The That's, marketing come to life. You're actually doing it. I Thank actually, you. I actually think when you buy a Model X, they give you that demo and they encourage you as a parent to only do that. I think it's all part of the marketing shtick. I, I really think do. you're right. I don't think parents accidentally discover that. I think they're told that ahead of time, and that's why they bought it. Anyway, sorry. So mm. the, high, the high roof is necessary so we can climb in the van and not hunch. Now, I will say as a guy that has hit my head on more airplane interiors than I care oh. to remember, yeah. having a high roof is nice. Especially those CRJs. You get on and you think, we're on a big bam. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> that's the exit sign. What is that doing If you there? need it, there it is. 
just put a dent in my forehead. No, That's kidding. More than once. Think about that. So, so they do that. So he's talking about the Ford Transit and the Nissan equivalent van. I forget what it's called. It's like the, it's got V's in it. It's the shoe. Yeah, whatever. It, it, it's uh, shoes being kind. Yeah. Uh, he said those are obviously other options. He cannot stand the look of the Nissan. And he said he prefers the diesel that isn't available on the Ford Transit. Ford Transit is not available with a diesel. They can get the Sprinter van with a diesel. So the first question is, am I forgetting anything? Or Sprinter van ho? That's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's the modern-day wagon train. I have a Sprinter van. We're taking everybody. Okay? <laughs> Good news. We're going on a road trip. So there's that. Pile in. But then here's where this also takes a turn. Because his 16-year-old sis- sister is moving in with them. Yes. She needs something to drive. They're clearly not going to hand her the keys to the van, plus they need it. You've heard about the kids in the car seats. Right. So, okay, there's an opportunity to get something fun, lightweight, manual transmission that gives her something challenging to drive. They want her in a manual. She's willing to do a manual. And he's hoping maybe they can buy something that they also will enjoy driving as well, he and his wife. That Yow. is a big twist. But because it's the 16-year-old in the car... The budget's $5,000. We're going to buy the cheap one so that if, let's hope it doesn't, hello, wife and sister who are both now listening, if she wrecks it, it was only a $5,000 car. You know, Ben's like, this is the part, this is the part right yeah. here. <laughs> Listen in. Exactly, exactly. There it right. is. Yeah, here we are. This is the part. This We've is reached the part. the part. So he thinks that the like Fiat 500 Abart or the Fiesta ST might be a little bit too frantic for a first-time driver. Uh, what do we do that is fun for Ben and works for young sister and, by the way, should we be somewhere other than Sprinter Van? I think you're being a little bit hard on your sister. You're saying you're expecting accidents and scrapes and dings and you're, you're you know. 16-year-old drivers, you, got, you have to prepare for I it. I was conscientious. You have to prepare for it but not expect it. I, I think that's the, that's the fine line here. He's hoping for chuckable and wagony. Chuckable wagony. Okay. Ch- ch- all right. I'm going to stop there. Please stop He does there, not yes. want to exceed $5,000 and they just sold the S2000. So... Honda, Japanese car, that got yeah, the Sienna. Yeah, yeah. He currently yeah. has a 2019 Ford Fusion Titanium because that made it better as the company car. <laughs> it's a precious metal. It's the pl- No, it's not. If we call it titanium, it'll be awesome. <laughs> That'll make people want to buy it. So no, the it Ford won't. Flex Titanium, is that, a, is that a, what it does or is that just – anyway, moving on. The Sorry. badge color of the right. – anyway. He admits it's not very exciting but great for daily Houston commuting. Now, the budget is not to exceed 45000 in total after selling the Sienna. So that yes. means forty-five five grand. carved out for the car for the 16-year-old sister. Yeah. And then yeah. that leaves forty left. So he's looking at vans. I do agree. I like the new Sprinter and I like the Transit. Not a huge fan of the Nissan. Yes. I found the Mercedes Metris, which is sold in the United States, hmm. but it stops at eight passengers. What That's I like about it is form factor. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is what you pointed out, Ben, and that is no high roof. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think you're going for you know high roof. I do know a guy down in Salt Lake who actually bought an old school bus and turned it into the University of Utah <clears throat> like rally trucklet thing. So really? he can take, I don't know, his whole cul-de-sac the brood like the, he's the brood it's the grill it's the party <laughs> he takes everybody down the hill to the game i love and, it and you know he totally retrofitted this thing so that is funny it's actually pretty cool but i don't think you're gonna want something quite as uh uncomfortable for the long road trips because yeah. you know having the school bus is like great for the 20 minute ride down the hill to the game yeah to make it the tailgate truck that that's awesome that's to cool. make it the cross country we're driving from houston to minnesota i'm not doing that in an old school bus it's <laughs> not mean, happening i was looking at the old prevost motor coaches you know i was looking at those <laughs> there you go he buys thinking, an old motor coach huh. now we're doing something <laughs> what does greyhound do with their old buses that's very funny and terrible i don't know 
If you want Van Envy, Ben, go to BeckerAutodesign.com. I mean, Uh-oh. it's not going to be good, but they retrofit <laughs> the inside of vans into Learjet quality, you know, for the CEOs who turn it into the mobile office and they get chauffeured around. It's just a cool website to look at wow. all these awesome van conversions that Again, are just all the, amazing. all the parts of the internet that I don't know about until there's, I hang out with you. There is a woman who was on an exercise bike in the luxury van. I'm looking right now. Did you see her? She's, I haven't seen she's her yet. pedaling. Haven't seen her yet, but this is madness. In the Learjet luxury while they've got the screens and the... <clears throat> I don't think that's... That's not be. where we're going, but it is the... Yeah, we're off. I'm off into a whole rabbit <laughs> rabbit trail. It's really all bad. When it comes to vans, there aren't too many options. Not I like this. Metris, not like this. Yeah. It's not good enough. I like the style a lot better, but mm-hmm. I am kind of with you. Sprinter. But there is, you know, in the future, if you need some light customization as far as a seating configuration as the kids grow or something like that, and you you don't want them to be, you know, quite as <clears throat> uncomfortable as the stock, just thin two inches of foam kind of seats. Those, yeah, the benches is the word you're looking for, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they, they... Park benches would be another good word, yeah. <laughs> it is like a park. Same lateral support as a park bench, as It is. It's exactly like that. There will be no sharp cornering. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Here's my you're, big, you're limited. So. Here's my big question for Ben, actually. Have you driven a Sprinter, and have you driven a Transit? Look, the, the point here is important, very important, not because you're going to hoon it down an off ramp. OK, I'm not suggesting that, though the kids might find it fun. But the thing I'm really Dad wondering got it is on two wheels again. <laughs> you should go with him next time. Everybody get to the right side of the van so we can turn right faster. That's it. Anyway, it's like you're tacking down the on ramp. Exactly. Everybody go to that side of the boat. <laughs> it's active driving. Passengers are all involved. We put you on here by weight. Yes. Anyway, no, the, the thing is drive them both because you're going to be spending a lot of time in that driver's seat. Make sure you have driven both. And does that change your opinion? Just because it's got the configuration and the engine you want, you've got to sit there and interact with it a lot. Mm-hmm. So drive that Transit and drive the uh, the Sprinter. I think those are your two real options. I hear you on the diesel. I like the Sprinter. I have two Sprinter stories for you real quick. First, dig into the Sprinter forums, and they are dense. Dig into the Sprinter forums and find I mean, van life. Yo, I'm doing the hashtag. You just can't <laughs> oh see gosh. it, okay? The, oh the, gosh, there's a ton of them out there. I just did just do that. The, Dig in and find out common known problems with that engine configuration because uh, – two, two pr- uh, Sprinter stories real quick. I have a friend who has one that is also a, an actual camper. It's a Sprinter that's turned into a like camper. Like the, the outdoor adventure van kind yes. of deal? And invariably, he will be in the middle of nowhere, some tiny little town, and something will break. And it will be like ignition mm-hmm. coil or some part that you could fit in the, the crook of your hand that they can't get for three weeks. This has happened to him on more than one trip right. with his Sprinter-based... It came from Stuttgart. Exactly, Air with his, his Sprinter-based uh, uh, van. The Ford Transit's going to be a lot easier to get parts like that. So just look in on that diesel. Make sure that... Known, just find out your known issues so you can look on those ahead of time. I think the Sprinter's a good, good option because I know another guy here in Park City, his daily is a Sprinter van. Really? He has no reason for it to be because it is just him driving around to commute, but they have what? it... Because they are that family on their street. They've got like three kids. But anytime they take the kids anywhere, anybody in the neighborhood's welcome. This is the family that doesn't lock their door and everybody's walking in and out all the time yeah. and there's like cats and dogs. I mean, they, they, they are like the general house where everybody is welcome. They're, they're great people, okay? Didn't you say he, there's a trampoline in the. There's a trampoline in the middle of the entryway yeah. that you walk in on second floor and kids' heads are popping up from the ground. <laughs> That's got to be weird. It like, is really bing weird. Bong. Hi, it's everyone. really, really weird, but they're great people. So the point here is they have a sprinter van for this purpose and I have helped them load benches in and out. My son's gone on adventures with them. They fill it with kids and they'll go do something. And that thing just. Runs. <laughs> Who wants ice cream? Seriously, seriously. So <laughs> look herd. into uh, look into known issues with the engines you're looking at. I think the Sprinter's a great one. Let's solve the 16 year old problem real quick. 
I agree very much so. $5,000. I've got two to consider. Mini Cooper. Don't get the S. Just get a Mini Cooper with the stick shift. Also look at the Honda CRZ. Not as fun to drive as the Mini Cooper, but an interesting little, you know, almost disposable car for the first-time driver. I think those are worthwhile. And then if you want to be, I don't know, take the risk, third-gen Miata. The NC will fit you and your wife. They're Ooh. not overly powerful. You can get them for this budget. For they're, five? They're, yeah. Really? The early ones. The ones with the cup holder in the door that you're going to want to change, change the door card. Anyway, mm. yeah. Sawzall takes care of that, too. You can solve that, that lots of ways. But I think she would enjoy driving. And I know a couple of, of kids here that have driven Miatas as their first cars. It's been very successful. I think she would enjoy driving it, and you guys would enjoy driving it. And it'll be cheap to own and run. I had a Mini Cooper on my list, too. Did you? Look I at that. I found an 09 yellow Cooper S for 6K. Ooh. Because I always, you okay. know, I look at the 6K like, you could work them down to five kind of I agree. Of I agree. So that's of. how you got to shop. That's for my sure. thinking. I had Mazda 3 on the list. I had Prelude. I had Civic, you know, being the Honda guy that you are. Yeah. But yeah. I had this fourth or fifth generation Honda Prelude. I like the fourth generation, 91 to 96. Mm, those were cool. Yeah. But the fifth generation, also good, 96 to 2001. But I'm thinking cheap to maintain, cheap mm-hmm. insurance. Yeah. And you kept saying accident and dings and scrapes, and you don't <laughs> want to care about it. And you want to hose it out. And you want to you know, hang it up to dry kind of thing. <laughs> my, my, my car's been retrofit like a Wrangler. The doors come off. It's awesome. Yeah, it's Pull just, the pins. Take the doors off. What color great. is that? Rhino liner. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely shade. I didn't. What know I always think is hysterical is when you see the Rhino Linered Jeep <laughs> driving through stop and go traffic in Los Angeles, and I'm pretty sure that that car's never even been off road. That's the commute car. That's the commute right. car. We Rhino. They, they didn't the just thing. roll in from Central yeah. California. No, or they did Texas. They just they yeah. just commute that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that one. I just I look at Prelude because man, those things will run. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. get them stick shift, and they're such good cars to to have new drivers in, kids mm-hmm. in to. To just bomb around in, and they're not powerful either. Yeah, which is good. And then I keep coming back to insurance. All right, you got to let us know, especially on the van thing. Then I mean, this is really interesting. I, I see a Sprinter in your future, but that's cool. But could we at least do wheels and at least carve out three hundred dollars to get yourself a really nice pair of noise canceling headphones? <laughs> because the entire back is full of people and noise. I'll yeah. wait for my thank you letter. <laughs> Sponsored by noise-canceling headphones. Just kidding. We ben, thank you questions. so much. We should do some questions. The, the podcast is coming to an end, but we should try some questions. I want to start with Vlad's question. Hey, man, how are you? He's asking Veloster N versus Fiesta ST. He's saying, wait a minute, mm. wait a minute. And we and others have talked about mm. there's some, some commonality. There's some common purpose and feel in these two. But he doesn't feel like he's heard anybody yet say the Veloster is just definitively better than the Fiesta ST. Why not is his question. Hmm. Is it just the Fiesta's been around longer? What's the story? I actually think that the big thing is the Fiesta is one of those, and we've said it before, those moment-in-time cars where you kind of can't believe the car is that good and it came out of nowhere. I don't think the Veloster yeah. N has that. Sure. I mean, look, it's a great car. It's a great car. But I think the the handwriting was on the wall for that car to exist. We were watching Hyundai make changes and head toward that route. And here's the new Veloster. It's the second-gen Veloster. We went with the N. I, it's, honestly, it's better than I expected it to be, but I don't think that's – this is going to sound weird. It's better than I expected it to be, but I don't think that's a surprise. Okay. I think the Fiesta ST, when it dropped, everybody was like, you did a what now? <laughs> you made what? And then yeah. everybody was th- was realizing this is great. So it has that surprise yeah. factor that the, the Veloster and I don't think does. I also think the factor here is that the Fiesta ST is really small and very light, more so than the Veloster. 
And something about the kind of high light seating position of the Fiesta, it feels very chuckable. The Veloster feels very planted. I actually do think the Veloster N is better than the Fiesta ST, but the Fiesta ST just has, I'm sorry about the cliche, it has that go-kart chuckable feel that the Veloster feels more planted and car. Mm. That's good. I'm going to leave that right there. Jump into Quantum Ocean Lawyer on Instagram. I like that one. If you were able to Geliize Ooh, I like this. another car company, we've got Lexify. Now we're adding Geliize. That is the word that implies to spray cash in the general yes, direction I love it. of a That's car good. company. Lexify and Geliize. Fire hose full of cash sprayed at high speed. He says, dump a bunch of money on any car company. What do we do and what would it be? Okay. Well, keep in mind, when Volvo was geliized, they existed. They also True. existed in worldwide markets. They were True. here. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be some lame car no, company that's no, you know, dormant over here like TBR in Britain. <clears throat> <laughs> Let's geliize them, though, because that would be fun. Wouldn't anyway, that be cool? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying they're lame, I but understand. I'm just saying no, 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 you know, but, they're, but, they're certainly dormant. Yes, yes. They have that problem. They're, they're trying to come back. But, yeah, I take your point. It's more like but, a duck. But, but, Kablam. <laughs> but Volvo was already making – you could like currently go buy a Volvo when Geely bought them and then made them more. I take correct, your point. Completely. Correct. So yep. that is on the table. And so what do we think? What are we thinking here? Well, I decided, Quantum Motion Lawyer, on Alpine. Oh, Alpine's good. The um, the Renault division that yes. has the A110 and mm-hmm. the A110S and just a limited product lineup right now. Keep in mind, Lotus was geliized, and you know then they came out with the Avisia. We hope so. We'll so, see. So holy moly. And, you know, I want them to actually come out with a product yeah. you can buy, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. For sure. But, you know, they, they were geliified, geliized, mm-hmm. same thing. <laughs> geliized. So I, I like Alpine. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking maybe Renault in general and of the French car manufacturers, I think I like Renault the best just because of, you know, Formula One and their racing history and, you know, they don't go yeah. so yeah. crazy as Citroen. Those are just quirky and weird. But, you know, yeah. I, I like Renault. I liked a lot of what they do and I like their hot hatch. I want more hot hatches in the U S so, you know, having them again here would be pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I'm going to say Jaguar currently owned by Tata. I believe I think so because they're, because they're bleeding cash. They're bleeding, bleeding cash. And Mm -hmm. I think, I, I, I think Jaguar needs a parent who allows them to be even more Jaguar. Right now, I see them checking. Here's what I mean. Right you now, need to be more leaping cat-like. Yeah, exactly. Go. I, I see them checking boxes to make sure they compete in every market with with their styling language. Let's make stuff that just stands out as that is a Jaguar and nothing else. I think they need to go. I think mm. feel like they're 80% to where they need to be. Let's, mm. let's push them a little extra bit of madness. And I think that would be really interesting with Jaguar. I mean, I can't wait to Geliize, you know, name a thing you want to spray cash at. Geliize. Kablam. Only today on Everyday Driver. Uh, Braggs on Instagram said, okay, okay, hang on. Heel towing. Is this really faster? Is this really necessary? You're, why heel tow, uh, try, to, try to drive fast? Why not just be braking in a straight line? Now you're going through the corner. Now you do your shift. Now you get on the gas and go. You're doing the whole process in just more graduated steps and there's nothing wrong with that and you've said said later that you're actually learning to heel toe you are in the process of learning i have absolutely done what you've done i've done it on a racetrack it is not fast Hmm. because Mm -hmm. what happens is when you actually heel toe properly you're coming into a corner and you hit the brakes and while you're having your braking event the heel toe opportunity allows you to put it in gear while the car is still concentrated on braking the car is doing one thing braking 
you've already solved a step you need in a minute, which is I need to be in a different gear. You've done it at the exact same time. You've multitasked. So the minute you come off the brake, you can start giving the car gas. If you're talking about speed, you have got to have that already in gear. And the minute you're off the brake, you can put power to the wheels. This is the benefit of good heel towing. What you're doing is you're adding a step in the middle. So that means you're coasting around the corner while you shift. It's not as fast. Do you care that much? I don't know. But this is the progression. Hopefully you can take the in the middle of the corner one and bring it around to braking. If you're worried about fast, that's the way it's done. This question on Twitter over here from Adam D., who asked, what is the best way to get off dealership call and email <laughs> lists after <laughs> test drives? Yikes. This is the main reason he avoids test drive homework. Okay. Well, first of all, it's not a requirement. And they ask, and, and no is a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> Can I have your phone number? No, you cannot. One of my favorite phone numbers to give out is 8675309. And if they have half a brain, they'll look up and say, you don't really want to give me your number, do you? And you say kindly, no, I don't. Because, you know, you're going to spam me for all of eternity and my grandchildren too. So do you have to give it out in the first place? Mm -hmm. No, you don't. You're not required. Will that make them grumble and be gruff with you? Probably. <laughs> but, you know, say, look, I'll take your card. I mean, this, I, I'm I've not done that before. I'm not saying anything against the salesperson doing this. This mm -hmm. is part of good sales. Like yeah, you, yeah. you need to harvest people's phone numbers so yeah. you call and ask for business. Of course, this is part of sales. However, some car <clears throat> salespeople can be very pushy and kind of get annoying, yeah. and it's up there with telemarketers. I do get that. Yeah. So if you can avoid it in the first place, you can just – Kindly say, you know what? I'm serious, but I'll take your card mm -hmm. and I'll keep you in mind. Maybe you have an email address that is, uh, you know, sometimes email service providers will give you an option of doing, you know, five extra emails that all point to the same one, but they're you your, a different name. You got your car spam address. <laughs> you do. Oh, you no. just might. And you say, you know, some funny name that kind of gives them the like, ah, right. You're, you're not, you're, you're playing a game with me, aren't you? You know, like whatever, whatever you want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. But from a number perspective, it's it's tough. Obviously, you can block it on your phone. Obviously, yeah. you can unsubscribe or block emails. You can yeah. put it in the spam folder. And that's really about the as far as you can go. Because if you say, please don't call me anymore, they're going to laugh at you and keep calling. <laughs> yeah. But I have done what you've said before. And I have actually said to the salesman, he said, can I get your phone number? I've said, not right now, but I'll take your business card. And that's worked. Doesn't always work, but generally they'll they'll go that route. You know, if you're serious and you say, you know what, I'll take your card and I'm making a decision and I'm going to call you back on Tuesday at three mm -hmm. and that's when we'll talk. How about that? If you give them more specific, concrete stuff, sure, like, sure. you know, I'm going to get on your calendar and I'll call you then and I'll, you know, star eight, two, block my number before I call and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just... you You've done this before. That is funny. Uh, Clint Morris real quick. And then I'm actually done for this podcast. Clint Morris said, it sounds like we've used under hood mics on some videos. He thinks the ZL1 and the GT350R are examples. What makes us make that decision? No, Clint, that's not the case. We mic all our cars the exact same. The difference is some cars are louder than others and they demand to be heard. It's the difference between having an opera singer in will, really well acoustic hall and somebody that just thinks they can sing. The uh, the cars that are really loud really make it known. And I get into post-production with their audio and I'm like, yep, I can hear the exhaust. It sounds pretty awesome. Some cars, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Did I put an exhaust layer in? I did. Why can't I hear it? Right. really right. depends. Guys, we've got a blaze. Thanks a million for your questions. We're still working through the pile, but keep asking. We really appreciate it. Thanks for all your questions on the email as well. Looking forward to next time, everyone. Cheers.